Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Good morning, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fine. Yay. Yes. Okay, well, you're not going to be fine after I ask you this question, I don't think. Because this week's episode, I'd like you to explain to me why my childhood dream of Schoolhouse Rock, I'm Just a Bill, is completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I didn't. It's not completely wrong. Oh, good. Okay. It just, so there is salvage for my childhood. Yes, there, okay. there are just some flaws. Okay. Okay. So... You know how I'm, what we figured out is that I want to be all things in the federal government? Yes. I've um, decided. Secretary of Defense, <laughs> President. Yeah, I've decided. Supreme I'm, Court Justice. Yeah, I want yes. to be a Supreme Court Justice at some point. I'm going to scale back a little bit. I'm going to be the junior senator from Virginia. Okay. Right. That would be Tim Kaine. Oh, I like Tim Kaine. Well, I can't do the father thing yeah. for obvious reasons. Okay, but that's all right. Okay. okay it's just the position. Okay. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to be the junior senator, and I'm going to propose a thing. Yes. And so the thing I want, I, I we found a I found a bill that I'd like to like use as our jumping point, which is the and I'm going to read it because there's no way I can remember it. Its short title is the Paperwork Reduction Act of 1995. And it's to further the goals of the Paperwork Reduction Act to have federal agencies become more responsible and publicly accountable for reducing the burden of federal paperwork on the public and for other purposes, which I like how they put and for other purposes. It's like in your job where it says and other, other duties, duties as assigned. Yes. Yeah. So we can make you do anything. Um, so one, that's a long, that's a run on sentence. Are they are all the titles of acts run on sentences? Uh, not all the time. <laughs> uh, usually they try to word them so that when they do the acronym, you get catchy stuff like you know the Patriot Act, right? Uh, which is a whole bunch of oh yeah, uh, the, the 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 letters in Patriot actually stand for other words, but right. nevertheless, we all remember the Patriot Act. And I don't think that this is called the PRA of 1995, but it probably is by some people. Yes. Okay. Yeah, particularly staffers who have to... Have to know, write it down 400 times. times. And then they you know, try to provide oversight of the bureaucracy who's supposed to implement that law. Which yes. we're, we're going to talk, talk about, about later. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about the Federal Register. Yes. In an episode to be titled The Federal Register. Sure. Unlike this episode, which is going to be titled How to Get an Act Through Congress. That's right. So. Okay. So I come up with this brilliant idea. I want to reduce paperwork. I want to stop the killing of trees. I want to stop annoying people by making them fill out 474 forms to get a fishing license. Like whatever it is that I'm trying to reduce. Right. I think it, and it's. It's both internal and external, this this yes. act, mm -hmm. intended to reduce all of the paperwork of the government. Because one of the things that people don't like about the government is what they call red tape, right? This sort of bureaucratic, you have to fill out a thousand forms and come back next week. And, you know, it's never that simple. Yes. So, so I decide I want to do this. Yes. Do I just like write it by myself and then say, look how wonderful I am. Here's the thing. I mean, how does this... How okay. does the process work? So I'm laying in bed. I have this idea. I get up. I go to my office and I start writing. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> so immediately I am wrong. Okay. okay. No, no, no. So, okay. Yes, we elect members to Congress, whether it be the House of Representatives uh, or the United States Senate, and 
they have policy positions that they want to uh, uh, see made into law. Okay, but many of the ideas for laws don't necessarily come from U.S. senators or uh, representatives in the House. Um, they might come from interest groups, uh, important stakeholder groups. Um, in this, in the case of this particular law, um, and it's actually been pretty well studied, and there's even a West Wing episode about <laughs> it, um, uh, the impetus behind it was uh, basically twofold. One was environmental, as uh, you pointed out just a few moments ago, Nia, uh, and that is to, to try to get the federal government to stop printing so much stuff. And in particular, um, it's the requirement um, that uh, federal agencies that do studies are supposed to, I mean, they used to uh, be required by the United States Congress to print reports. So if they studied an endangered, you know, uh, species, um, the they, infamous spotted owl. Uh, infamous spotted owl, right? They would have to print up a report. The report uh, would get disseminated to the United States Congress. It would have to be available upon request if somebody wanted a, you know, a, this report about the spotted owl. Um, As a side note, that was the government publishing office. That's right. That, that does that, does that, that. Does. disseminates that both to Congress and to individuals mm-hmm. and to libraries that request a copy oh, of it, hard copy for their yeah. records or for people to see. But the, the other part of this was the fact, and again, this was uh, a law that was uh, passed, signed in 1995 during the Clinton administration. This was before the internet really exploded. So the idea, and I know, you know, many of you all are listening are like, no, uh-huh. there was no time <laughs> before, before the, the internet. internet. Okay. Nothing happened. There were, there were barely even people before the internet. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> so the, 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 the capacity of the internet uh, to uh, uh, encourage people to go ahead and look up stuff online and not have to have a hard copy uh, well, that was just a projection in 1995. So, th- you know, th- the other impetus behind this was, as you also correctly pointed out, um, all the bureaucratic red tape. You know, why do um, we have to fill out form after form after form after form? Well, as we will discuss when we look at the Federal Register, in part, it's an accountability check on the bureaucracy. Um, because by having forms filled out, we actually know what a bureaucracy did or did not do. You know, it's um, uh, the example I always like to use uh, with my students here at VCU is, you know, when you uh, sign up to graduate, you fill out the, the graduation form, um, it actually gets reviewed by two or three different departments, your academic department, your college and, oh, yeah, by the way, the graduation office. And it's designed to go ahead and make sure only those who are eligible to graduate actually do. And as a side note for people who haven't done this, if you don't do it, you have to wait until yes. the next semester. Yes. I know because I didn't do yeah. it. <laughs> and I had to wait until the next semester. Please learn from my mistakes. Um, I didn't. I got my master's degree one semester late, not because I hadn't already earned it. Yeah. I, in fact, had earned yeah. it, but because I didn't you fill out the paperwork. It didn't the... occur to me that it would that anybody would question 
yes. that I had done the master's yes. program. Turns out with 32,000 students, you probably have to have a check sure, on that. That's just, right. Just saying. So let's just say... Back, so back learn to the, from my mistakes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to us enough, we'll go ahead and give you all these important life <laughs> lessons for free. So in your hypothetical, you're the junior senator uh, from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Which, by the way, as a side note, does junior and senior just means length of service. That's right. right. That's not age. like a well, it's not age and it's not a position in the sense of. I work for the other senator. Like, there's no, no yeah. nothing like that. It's just I have been elected less length of time than, yes. so, than um, the senior senator. Yeah, so Mark Warner is the senior senator simply because he's been in the U.S. Senate representing the Commonwealth of Virginia longer than Tim Kaine. All right. Um, so, sorry, a little tangent side note there. Coming back to the <laughs> yes. to uh, my brilliant idea. Yeah. Okay. So, you have this idea. Um, and... Uh, you probably won't go to the office after you wake up and write it up. Um, you'll probably go ahead and have a staffer do it. Uh-huh. Uh, or you'll have a staffer work with an interest group um, that will come up with the draft. Once you have a draft that is ready, then um, you submit the proposed bill to the clerk of either House of the United States Congress. And in my case, the Senate. Yes. So there's a clerk of each. There's not not one clerk for both. There's a clerk of the House and a clerk of the Senate. Yeah, and actually it's a clerk's office because (laughs) a whole bunch of bills get proposed every year in both houses of Congress. Ah, so it's multiple people. Okay. But your proposed bill then gets a number. Okay. And... And he was looking at the... I am sorry. I'm looking at the piece where I was... That's what dead air sounds like. Um, <laughs> S244, is that mm-hmm. the number that you're talking about? Yep. Senate Bill 244. Okay. Yep. So, and House bills have HB. That's right. Mumbly, mumbly number. Yeah. Okay. And Senate has Senate S period, mumbly, mumbly, mumbly number. That's right. Okay. And then at that point, um, uh, determination is made. Um, uh, in the House, it's the House Rules Committee. Uh, in the Senate, typically it's the clerk's office, will go ahead and assign your bill to a committee. Um, that likely has some interest in the yeah, topic. Not, has, they don't just, no. they wouldn't give this to agriculture necessarily. No. Unless they thought agriculture was creating a lot of extra paperwork, paperwork. No. or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, ch- chances are um, it's government operations. Ah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and at at that point, um, then the committee chair um, uh, uh, will determine um, uh, when the committee will actually uh, review it, hold hearings on it, um, etc. And we've previously discussed that the committee chairs ten are are from the. Majority the party, party, the major, right? Sorry, the party that's in the majority in that particular body. That's right. Which is not necessarily the same office as the president. That's correct. So I so mean, for it, now, it's the Democrats in the House and it's the Republicans in the Senate. So yeah. the people who are the the chairs on the committees in the Senate would be Republican. That's correct. Okay. Okay, but they have a co-chair. That not is, a co-chair. Oh. A, Sorry. A ranking minority member. Thank you. <laughs> yes, right. A ranking minority <laughs> member from the other committee, or I mean, from, from the, the other, other party. party. That's right. That uh, I guess can be publicly powerless or. Well, 
or, the, the, or the, I'm sure that in some cases they build strong relationships and the, work sure. together across yeah, the aisle. Yeah, particularly sort of if the, the, they have both served in the Senate for an extended period of time. But the ranking minority member represents the minority party on that committee okay. to make sure that bills that are proposed from the minority party actually get due consideration. So, again, ah. in this hypothetical, since Nia is the junior uh, uh, senator from the Commonwealth of Virginia, assuming that she's of the same political party as the current occupant, Tim Kaine, a Democrat, um, uh, the ranking minority member would be representing that bill, if you will, on the committee ah. to make sure that it gets uh, 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 con- uh, proper consideration. Uh, if it's you know a bill that needs to have a hearing, you know, do people want to weigh in on this? Uh, does it need further study? Oh wait, so some bills don't have hearings. That is correct, because the committee chair might go ahead and determine that uh, it's a bill that needs further study. Now, what could happen with further study? Well, uh, the United States Congress has a number of agent administrative agencies that work for the Congress. So one of the first things that will happen to any proposed bill is that it will get a score sheet, a scoring from the Congressional Budget Office. How much will this cost? If we pass the bill. Okay. Okay. Now. Which is different than the Office of manage, Budget and Management right man, out management, of the. Man, management and Budget, uh, which is on the executive, in the executive branch. And we're going to talk about oh, budgets. Business, yes. In okay. a different episode. Yeah. Well, in fact, but, in, but in there our is episode some... about the Federal Register, uh, about a proposed regulation from an executive branch agency, one of the requirements is that they get a scoring from OMB. Okay. Okay. So uh, so someone somewhere has to figure out how much money this is going to cost. Cost. That's right. You can't just willy-nilly pass things and then turns out they cost trillions of dollars and we can't afford it. That's right. Because then okay. we've made a law we can't. Yeah. We have made an unfunded mandate. Well, it could we be have... an unfunded mandate. Or, <laughs> I mean, think about, for instance, uh, the debate that went into... Uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, before it got passed by Congress and signed into law by President Obama. Uh, one of the first things, the Affordable Care Act uh, 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 that, that happened uh, to it was the Congressional Budget Office uh, evaluated it and gave, if you will, a scoring. This is how much money it will cost to implement the law. This is how much money we are projecting will be saved in the healthcare industry, if we pass the bill, all right. Okay, so things may cost, but they also may benefit, and yeah. so they do the whole cost-benefit benefit analysis, analysis to figure yeah. out. Yeah, and that's going to happen. What the, what the end result will, will be. be. Okay. So you know, you're going to get a scoring from C, uh, the Congressional Budget Office. Uh, if it's a bill that has been proposed, discussed previously, then the Congressional Research Service. CRS will actually be asked to do an analysis. Um, so to give you an example, um, uh, when looking at um, you know, judicial nominations, nominations to the federal courts, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee has you know, uh, requested and the Congressional Research Service has produced multiple reports about the, you know, the nomination process for federal judges historically. Um, and it's, you know, the Congressional Research Service has a 
really good reputation by members of both political parties in the Congress because of the quality, the, the kind of sort of nonpartisan research that they do. And you're speaking of my people because those people are well, librarians. Yes. And they work for the Library, Library of Congress. Congress. That's right. Um, and they, those reports are generally deemed to be pretty darn neutral. Like, yes. They yes. come back with just fact. They don't, yes. They're not trying to yes. affect policy. They're just trying to present what is known. Yeah. And the Congressional and Research is, Service is what staffed is potential. with, with um, you know, uh, PhDs, experts, um, you know, it, these are pre- prestigious positions. Uh, knows, uh, you know, whether you're talking about political science, you know, agriculture, whatever the case may be, um, you know, these, these are uh, highly desired positions. They're very competitive. These people are known experts in the field. Yeah. Uh, Don't tell anybody, but that's one of my dream jobs. <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, I wouldn't mind working for the Congressional Research Service. I think um, that they're an in, it's an incredible service, and it's um, incredibly busy. They produce a large well, number oh, of reports yes. because they have to respond to every congressional request. Sure. They're not, they can't just say, yeah, we don't want to study that. That's not, yeah. that's not how it works. No. Just like in a library, I don't get to say to a student who asks for help, yeah, I don't, I'm not feeling you today. <laughs> I mean, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it was like a student that comes by before an exam and says, hey, Augie, I want to go ahead and ask you questions about the upcoming exam. I'm sorry, I haven't had my coffee yet. Come back later. <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't have that choice. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Okay? You know, like, this, no, I'm, I'm uh, here for, for you. you. The yeah, whole point, the point of this is, is yeah. to is to give you as much access as possible. Okay, so once so, you get And the- as a side note, GPO, uh, sorry, the Government Publishing Office has just um, agreed to make certain that every congressional report back to all of them, the beginning, will eventually be available on their website. They're working on that now. They've got a bunch of the current ones up. Well, they've got all the current ones up, and they're working backwards. So eventually those will all be gathered in one spot, which they have not been. They have, in previous in previous iterations of the internet, the FAS has had some, and Google has had some, and and the Library of Congress has had some, but nobody has had a centralized location. Yeah. And the government publishing office has realized that that's that's something that researchers would really like to have access oh, yeah, to. Yeah, that'd be a, a huge resource. Yeah. I mean, and I tell my students all the time, if, if you're there's probably a CRS report on this. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay. So now, some of those are classified. Just as a note for our for our listeners, some of those are classified, or, or, or rather, some. I guess some of the work they're asked to do, they can't release because right. of the nature of the work yeah. or the nature of the subject. Yeah, because it's too the, sensitive. Yeah, or because in, in in that case, you're talking about a different con- uh, uh, law passed by Congress, the Freedom of Information Act, which actually has exceptions. Uh, for certain types of documents produced by either the legislative or the executive branch, okay, and that has to do with security and loss of life and that the, the, sort of thing. Yeah, right? you can't yeah. you can't just go around asking. Could you give me the names of all the spies that we have yeah. in whatever country? Yeah, because <laughs> that would mean that the next day they're all dead, and yeah. you know. Yeah, because so you that's know. that sort of thing. Anything that, or can you tell me how many exactly how many tanks we have in? A certain area of Afghanistan. No, no. The answer to that is no. Because yeah, because that's, I mean, at some point in time, a, a, member, question. a member of Congress uh, who doesn't have that kind of background may have asked for a report from the Congressional Research Service, and in producing that report, okay, um, it will be reviewed to make sure it can be made public 
per the Freedom of Information Act. Okay. Okay. And so, redacted if not so. Okay. So we. So anyway, so, so now we're we're at the point, point where, where okay it may have gotten sent to. I need more research. Is that a way of tabling it and hoping that it goes away forever? Uh, that in can, some instances. Yeah, in some instances, yes. Um, yeah, because in part, it, committee chairs have quite a bit of authority and discretion. If they don't like a particular bill or if they think a particular bill is going to take away from the agenda they want to achieve as the committee chair, um, they can go ahead and uh, uh, table it for further research, which is the diplomatic way to get rid of a bill. (laughs) Um, Or um, they can just go ahead and table it for, you know, no reason whatsoever Ah, or, which is a message. Yeah, which is a message. It's a message to me. Yeah. Don't don't bring this up again. Yeah, don't bring I mean, this up or, you know. Or it, maybe, uh, maybe or, later when I'm feeling it, but I'm not feeling, feeling it now. right now. <laughs> um, but if, if the committee chair has no choice, um, either members of his own party on the committee or all of the minority party members want an up or down vote, then they can take a vote um, and they can go ahead and either uh, reject the bill um, or they can uh, uh, approve the bill. If so they, rejected bills just die? They just die. That's it? Yeah. So there are many numbers that <laughs> never get used beyond the yes. you know, yeah. S-244. Yes. Poof. That's yep. it. If it doesn't go anywhere, it just do- it just ends. So, But you can reintroduce that in the next session, right? Yeah, you the can, next, yeah, yeah. You can't reintroduce it in the current session. Is that correct? That's, uh, the, th- that's typically the role. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bug us with this again. Yeah. We told you no. <laughs> no, we told. That's you. like when you ask your parents a second time, just in case their hearts may have sought. Can I really not borrow the car on Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. no, I said no. Yeah. Okay. You so know, for th- those of us who have problems with authority, okay, <laughs> typically in a House and the Senate, y- you get one chance to go ahead and make the request, and uh. then the second and third, now nah, those <laughs> just don't exist. Now, before they take a vote. They're going to hold hearings, uh, particularly if the uh, uh, a bill has not been tabled for any reason. Oh, really? For uh, for all bills? Well, typically, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, quite a bit. Uh, I mean, to understand the, the the lawmaking process, and this is where I think Schoolhouse Rock probably <laughs> does us a disservice, is this: the origin of the bills hardly come from constituents. So, so if you think about Schoolhouse Rock, you know bunch of people, you know, um, want a stop sign. Okay. First of all, Congress isn't going to go ahead and pass a bill about a stop sign, but nevertheless, okay. But, you know, they are working with six to 10 year olds. So, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. <laughs> Chances are it's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, Joe or Jane constituent. Okay. It's, it's going to be an interest group. It's going to be uh, important stakeholders, maybe somebody who contributed to their campaign, um, is this where lobbyists come in? Sure, lobbyists all the time. Do lobbyists write legislation? Sure. Yep, lobbyists do. They write draft legislation. Um, Here, we think you ought to pass this. Yes. Um, and and, and it, that's legal? Sure, it's legal. Um, now, some people go ahead and complain that lobbyists have outside outsized influence in our, if you will, uh, uh, governmental process. But at the same time, as I remind my students... Uh, we can't expect members of Congress to be experts on every single policy. So, I mean, I, I mean, 
uh, I, I'm talking to a person, you, uh, Nia, uh, who follows uh, politics, who, uh, because of your job, you deal with government documents all the time. I don't think that you know every single thing about every single policy. Likewise, oh, I wish. yeah, but I, yeah, but but we can't. We can't. Okay, there's just, that, that's why we go look things up. Yeah, that's why. I mean, we, that's yeah, yeah, that's why. That's we, the purpose of research. research. Is, Ooh, what is yeah. that? I don't know. Let's or, go or, ask. Or we consult with people who are noted experts, right? Right. So hence this podcast. Yeah. So I mean, if if I don't know, for instance, uh, 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 about. Uh, nuclear policy that or uh, agreements that we've had, um, you know, I'll go ahead and talk to my colleague Bill Newman, right? Because right. he knows this stuff. He knows U.S. foreign policy. I don't. On the other hand, you know, Bill might be thinking, well, you know, what do presidents do in regards to nominating people to be cabinet secretaries? Uh, well, he kind of sort of knows I'm, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a geek <laughs> about that kind of stuff. So he says, hey, Augie, you know, what, what's the process like? Right? You know, what goes into this? Likewise, committees um, and members of Congress um, will sometimes say, okay, do you, you know, they'll go to an interest group. They'll go to a lobbyist and they'll say, uh, and I'll give you an example. Of just this past week, the House of Representatives passed a gun control law. Uh, or, excuse me, not a law. It's a bill because it hasn't been yet approved by the Senate. Um, and even if it got approved by the Senate, it would have to go to the president. president signs it, then it becomes a law. Or but, vetoes it. Or vetoes it. Which I believe this... I believe in this question, there's already been a suggestion that it would be vetoed. It would be vetoed. And so presidents sometimes warn you ahead of time. Oh, sure. They'll say to the House, slow it's, your roll there, buddy. I'm going to veto that well, if you, it, yeah, if you and pass it's, it. And it's the threat of the veto that is oftentimes part of the lawmaking process. Ah. Because We'll go back and we'll work on it and try yeah. to figure a way to make it palatable to the other side so, or palatable to right. the president or whatever. So. With the paper uh, Paperwork Reduction Act, okay, if you think about who would object, if you think about who would object, okay, okay um, people but, who love paper and hate trees, <laughs> well, not necessarily. <laughs> well, okay. or people who like okay. trails, people who think that that the internet isn't as stable as we think it is, and that okay, maybe but, it's let, good to have a. Well, the point I was going to make is let's go back to 1995, right? you know, pre-internet explosion, et cetera, okay? So, you know, one of the groups that would be against it would be uh, the paper industry, the lumber industry, et cetera, okay? Because... Didn't even think about them, but yeah, I see that. Okay, because um, the government requiring reports to be produced um, is, uh, uh, is a huge demand in their market, Okay, so you have those folks. Oh, the government is the largest buyer of oh, everything, isn't it? Yes. Like, except from, iPhones. But I mean, like yeah. it's. I mean, from paper to paper clips to staples to coffee to co- yeah you know, mac mean, and cheese. I mean, yeah. if you have to feed an army, yes, right. You're the biggest buyer of mac and cheese, no matter yeah. what. I mean, the, the, or, the, or whatever. The, you know, the U.S. government's expenditures as a percentage of the nation's gross domestic product. Okay, is usually around twenty to thirty percent, and that's even when we're not in a war. Ah, okay. Oh, so on a war footing, it just it's, jacks it's, up it's, to it's, significantly it's higher, higher okay. right? Um, so, if you, so, so I see. So you're talking about an enormous reduction in their 
ability to do business in That's their a, industry. Yeah, because all of a sudden the demand from the government potentially could be reduced significantly. And how are you going to replace that as a private sector industry or company? Okay, so that would be opposition. Now, let's think about those who would be in favor of it. Well, environmental groups, as you mentioned, would be like, you know, hey, you know, we don't need to be killing all these trees to produce all this paper for reports that don't get read in the first place. (laughs) And And look, we have this cool thing that's coming out called the Internet. That's right. And eventually it's going to be right. Like some of the more forward thinking people might be saying, eventually that's going to be a way that we can disseminate information without having to to do all these environmentally destructive things. But also just the sheer aggravation. There's probably people, I mean, probably constituents just were for it in the sense of, is this going to be less annoying? Awesome. Let's do that. Whatever, whatever that thing is. That is also, <laughs> that is true. Okay. But then also think about this. We now know because of the development of the internet that there are certain pockets of the American population that don't have access to the internet, what is known as the digital divide. Now, in right. Some, in a lot some, of rural areas don't have, or if they do have internet, it's incredibly slow. It's on their telephone lines kind of thing. It's not even yeah. Or know, they have access at public libraries. But in small, many small communities, when there are budget cuts, one of the first targeted areas, okay, and we know this because of research, are libraries. Right. It's considered a nicety, not a necessity. Now, you know, that is an anathema to both of us in this podcast. Right. It but, makes us both angry, just so you know. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, so we also are aware that some people, if they wanted access to government reports, um, would only have access to it if it was being produced in hard copy. So these are all the kinds of things that go into consideration of a report uh, of a proposed bill and if the bill gets a hearing you're going to have various groups who are going to be asked to go ahead and speak about their perceptions of the bill from environmental groups to paper industry to um, you know, good citizens groups. You to know, rural development groups, r- too, world, yeah. Who who are thinking, okay, but we won't have access, and they and they, there's also the conspiracy theorists who I love, who say <laughs> yes. um, if it's only electronic, you can alter it, <laughs> yes. and I won't know that it's been altered. Yes, which. Which I have to say, in fairness to the conspiracy theorists, is actually a fear. That is a legitimate fear sure. that if there is only one copy and somebody monkeys with that copy, then whereas if it's in print, if it's in print, it is much harder to do that. Yeah, that's a that's a legitimate argument for it's at the extreme. I'm not going to say that that's the common thing, because really the government produces so much material that going sneaking around changing things would be pretty difficult. What actually happens, I think, is more accidental. Things get updated yeah. without anybody realizing that they need to keep the old copy sure. so that people can compare yeah. those things. And researchers will say, okay, but this is the this is the 2018 edition. Where's the 2016 edition so that we can see what, what's yeah. been updated? I think it's more a, a, a case of ignorance rather than malevolence, although conspiracy theorists would say that I'm crazy to think that. But 
they would think I'm crazy to think a lot of things. So but. we're talking about a bill that became a law in the mid-90s. Right. And chances are, since that point in time, it's not chances are, I'm actually aware <laughs> that it has happened, um, there have been other proposed bills to amend the Paperwork Reduction Act. Um, the other groups who might be asked to testify at a hearing will be executive branch bureaucracies. So, for instance, the government printing office that you mentioned earlier, you know, their sole responsibility is to go ahead and print government documents. They're going to be asked, what will be the impact on your work? Do you think that this is a good thing or a bad thing? Because they are, okay, as they were created, to be the experts on government documents. Um, do, do I get to... Yeah, do I get yeah. to correct you slightly? Yeah, go ahead. Yay! I never get to do that because you know so much more than I do. I seriously um, doubt that. Um, but <laughs> they are also tasked with preserving sure. government documents. So not just printing them, but also preserving them. And I would imagine that they basically had a tiny little cow trying to think of how they were going to preserve things that were no longer in print because it is easier to preserve things in print. We have techniques where we know how to do that. And again, um, this is before, okay, stuff like the, the cloud, right. et cetera, where... But even that's hard to hard to maintain. If you, I mean, there's such... I don't think people realize electronic documents deteriorate. Files deteriorate. Sure. And so you have to maintain them. And it's slightly more complicated than maintaining paper. We have papyrus from ancient Egypt. Right? There, there are ways to preserve that kind of material. It's a little bit harder to do that sure. electronically. So yeah. I feel yeah. certain that the, the superintendent of documents at the time probably, <laughs> yeah. well, I probably had mixed feelings. Like, awesome. This is less stuff that we actually have to physically store. But holy cow, how are we going to? How are we now going to preserve this electronically? Yes. Um, so let's say you hold the hearings, right? Then you take a vote. Let's say the vote's positive. In the committee. Yeah, you take a vote on the committee. Okay, so you're yeah. not, this is not to the whole floor. We're not yeah. even to the whole floor, floor yet. No. And, and I'm, so, We're going to get there in a minute. <laughs> okay. So the committee takes a vote. Say the vote is positive. Okay. So your bill to reduce government paperwork is approved by the committee. And then published. <laughs> Probably in print. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, yeah, that, right? That's just funny to me. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> At that point, okay, uh, in the Senate, um, uh, the Senate Majority Leader decides uh, when bills that have been reported out, that's what it's called, uh, a positive vote, uh, committee reports out, okay, a positive vote on a bill. Do they also report out a negative vote? Sure they do. Okay, so yeah. they report one way or another yeah. what they decided to yeah. do. So, so they have to tell the other 90 people who are not in this committee, or 88 yeah. or whatever, to, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how many people are in oh, committees. Oh, it depends. But. Okay, some committees have as many as, you know, 45 or 50. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so they just, just report to the lesser half? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just bizarre, right? <laughs> By the way, the, the committees are larger in the House because there's 435 members in the House, right? Most Senate committees, you know, are somewhere around, you know, 20 to 24, 23, okay? Um, so it reports out. Say it's positive, okay? Um uh, the Senate Majority Leader has almost blanket authority discretion to decide when a vote's going to occur. And on that note, we're going to pause. Okay. 
And we're going to catch this up in part two, two because I feel certain that there's more stuff we need to oh, talk sure. about. Sure, sure. Okay. Thank you. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.